BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Okay, now be honest with me. When you hear this music, what sort of reaction do you have? If you're anything like me and my guests today, you instantly get excited because you know you're about to be blessed with the warm, nostalgic hug of the true crime classic Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Let's save the conversation about why it's weird that we get all warm and cozy over stories about murder and horrible crimes for another day, shall we? (laughs) There's just something about SVU that just hits, you know what I mean? Well, Lisa Traeger and Kara Klink, they take their love of SVU to another level. They're the hosts of the podcast That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. It's part recap podcast because they discuss a different episode of SVU on each episode, often with guests from the show. But it's also part comedy with a little true crime thrown in for a good measure. It's just perfect. And honestly, it's genius. And you know what? It doesn't surprise me why it's such a big hit because I've known these ladies for years and they're hilarious. So I'm so glad that all these other people are discovering them and sharing this weird, sick and twisted love of SVU and they're all together. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So let's get to it, shall we? Go on and grab a snack because I'll be right back with Lisa Traeger and Kara Klink from That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we were talking about the celebrities that I've interviewed throughout the years here on this podcast, and um, I have a feeling that today's two guests are going to be my favorite two celebrities I've interviewed all year long. Why? Because they're personal friends of mine. <laughs> Hello, ladies of That's Messed Up. Hello. Wait, so if you if you each could say your name so that the listeners can identify the name with the person, mm. just say hello in your name. So I am Lisa. I have a little more rasp to my voice uh, because I do smoke weed every day. <laughs> and I have a thyroid problem. Um, so that's the voice that you're hearing here. Hi, I'm Kara and I'm uh, Kara Clank. I'm the other host of That's Messed Up. And yeah, this is my voice. And you don't have a thyroid. Problem. I don't. But I did smoke weed last night and immediately passed out. Lisa was there to witness it. i for years wanted to say i did have a thyroid problem just so that i could um excuse my weight problem yeah like i would i would often be like i'm large because food doesn't process properly (laughs) it's not body yeah (laughs) fucking hormones in the neck no i used to have like a a goiter as a kid oh really three surgeries it sucked but i'm also too young to remember my parents didn't speak english so no one really has any memories of what went down (laughs) 
I only had one surgery when I was a kid and it was on my eye. It was, I was cross-eyed when I was a kid and they had to, they had to do it correctly, but they didn't tell me that I was going in for surgery. My dad, my dad did not tell me. So I just wound up at the hospital one day and then all of a sudden they're putting gas on me and I'm going to, I'm going under. I literally had no idea what was going on. It was terrible. How long is the recovery for um, an eye thing? I don't remember. I do remember waking up in a room filled with other kids and knowing nobody around me and being like, what is happening? Like, how, it was a very traumatic experience. How old were you? <laughs> I was five. And I say I was five. I know I know exactly how old I was because my mother, my parents were separated and my mom snuck in because my parents weren't talking. And she made me a blue bear <laughs> with the number five on it. Aww. Like She cro- she like crocheted or knitted or whatever it is. A blue bear. And I still have it. It's like in my bedroom now, like on my shelf. That's so cute. What a nice mom. I know, right? And um, yesterday, I know there's obviously an agenda today, but I, you know, I'm on the (laughs) internet a lot. I'd like to share something I saw. But there's um, uh, a trend going on where it's what small generational trauma are you ending? Like lighthearted. So one (laughs) simple one is getting rid of Tupperware once it's stained red. You know, like little things like that oh, that wow. you're getting rid of from your family. But this one ended up being really sweet. But it was a boy holding a flashlight for his dad. And the dad said, thank you for doing that. I wouldn't be able to do it without you. And then the dad kind of choked up because I bet he came from an asshole dad. And then everyone in the comments was like, oh, yeah, why were we yelled at? Like, we we weren't explained anything. We just had oh. to hold a flashlight. And then we were yelled at. It wasn't straight. And it's like. How do we all share this weird memory? That (laughs) is so true. You know, I have a that reminded me of a memory of my stepdad when I was I literally was trying to earnestly understand how cars work when I first started driving. And my dad was fixing something. My stepdad was fixing something on a car and he saw my glossed over look in my face. I was completely lost. I had no idea. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, some people are car people and some people are AAA people. You're a triple A person. <laughs> and it was just like, and I remember that so clearly being like, you're right. I don't need to know this. I can pay someone to do this. I don't need this in my life. And it was such like a, it was an aha moment for me. And it was a bonding moment for me and my dad too. That is so sweet. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, well, I have to say, we probably should talk about the thing both of you are here to talk about today. Our shared love of everything Law & Order SVU. I am obsessed. My entry, let me just let me just start off by confessing something. My entry <laughs> You have a you have a is it a beanie bag? Yeah, it's for cornhole. That you're holding up. It's for uh, one of our listeners made it for us. And it says rape and talk, yeah. which I think probably needs some explanation. Well, um, <laughs> it's from an episode called Privilege. It's with Eric okay. Von Detten. Is this ringing a bell to you? Like rich kid yes. stuff, but yes. You know, uh-huh. the housekeeper who f- falls from the window and into mm-hmm. a tree and Stabler calls it a rape and toss. <laughs> and so Ow. someone made us a, a rape and toss beanbag, which Kara this- kindly said I can keep. Because we we yeah. commented, we were like, he acted like uh, your standard rape and toss. We're like, is that like a thing? Is that happening? You shouldn't all the casually time? just like- say that either. Yeah, no. Well, I have to say my entry into S- SVU and I'll just get this out of the way was with the the king of all men the leader of that is my um uh hormones 
Christopher Maloney. Mm. I now I was with Christopher Maloney on Oz, who got me through parts of high school and college in ways that I will not say or explain <laughs> here today. And so then I, I when he transitioned, if you will, into the SVU universe, I was hoping I knew it wouldn't be the Oz experience that I had because it's NBC. It's, you know, network. It's going to be different. Can't show as much. Let's be real. But that's how I got into it. Because I was never really a law and order person. I was sort of tangentially, but I never really cared about law and order. But SVU, it was Maloney that got me into SVU. And then I was hooked because of everybody else. Like, it just became one of those shows that I just have to watch. Like, it's an amazing show. How did you guys well, start your love of SVU? I have a question for you. Um, you know how sure. Maloney's ass has become in the zeitgeist in the past, let's say, four years or so? Um, yeah. Five years, two years Time is weird now. Um, were you <laughs> noticing the butt before the the general public? Oh, 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 yes. And I, I have spoken with, I've actually interviewed Christopher Stop. Maloney. I've spoken with him about this, about how he was um, instrumental in the lives of many, uh, well, probably some women, but also a very many young men as well. <laughs> and and he's very he was very flattered by um, the influence that, his aesthetics have had on millions of people and and it was yeah i mean yes it was it was it was it was everything i was very much in the camp maloney before everyone knew of the maloney you know what i mean yeah yeah i had to be but but so many gay people were i think because of oz like it was a crew of gay people who understood oh hbo is giving us what we want (laughs) with christopher maloney and then he became so that might have been the early popularity of svu maybe maybe we all started it maybe you can attribute it to the homosexual (laughs) maybe but i like so many things i like that you're like and maybe some women no i think there are women that would stab their husbands in the chest to be able to fuck a little maloney (laughs) You don't think the Housewives of America are horned up? We call it wanting to be thrown oh, into think a they file are. cabinet. <laughs> oh, I think they are, but I don't think a lot of Housewives were watching Oz. No, I don't. I, that's just me that's, in seventh yeah. grade. That's what I was yeah. watching. Yeah, I was watching same, Oz. same, exactly same. <laughs> Wait, so when did you guys start your love of SVU? So SVU premiered on my birthday, on my nineteenth oh, wow. birthday, but I was in college, and I think I. I think I got into it on like a break, like home from college. I don't think I was tuning in on Thursdays in college or whatever, like for SVU. And I had dabbled in the Lenny Briscoe years of Law and Order regular, but I was not um, like a regular fan of it at all. Uh, And then I think I I definitely watched it like when I could get it because I was in college. And then after I graduated college and I was like living in New York where I just had basic cable and I would just watch it on like the, like the reruns on WPIX and like, you know, channel 11. (laughs) And I just care. I have to say, cause we both, we've known each other for, I don't even want to say how many years (laughs) it'll age both of us, but we knew each other in New York. That's where we first met. And we both now live in Los Angeles. And Though I speak about the years in New York often because I missed like 10 years of television because of broke New York life. I had no cable. I had nothing. So people will reference like anything between 2004 and 2014. And I'm like, I don't know even know what happened with Lost. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, like, I don't know what's Lost. going on in the world. You know what I mean? Did you have that too? Yeah, there was. I mean, I had like a like a little TV in my room that I would like watch TV to go to sleep. And I would watch like yeah. reruns of Will and Grace all the time because that TV only had yeah. seven channels. And, and like <laughs> that, my SVU was in there. Some old friends reruns, you know, like. So yeah. I don't really know how 
I don't really remember like being like, this is for me. I feel like I blinked and I'd seen every episode six times. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> That's so true. That's it's not like I'm a turning at. point moment, but I'm like, I suddenly was like, oh, I'm turning on the show. And from the second I see the couple on a date in the first scene, I'm like, oh, they're about to find a body and it's a burned guy. And <laughs> here's what happened. Like, you know, like. Oh, my God. What about you, Lisa? I um, really relate to what Kara said. Like, suddenly I had seen it all and I have no idea where, when, how. It's just been in my being and I don't know. I can't pinpoint anything. Interesting. Well, the, do you have, because one of the things that I love about SVU as a fan of true crime is I often go into the episode completely blind. I go into it not knowing much about, because I don't listen to any of the promos or anything like that. And then I get super excited when myself as a fan of true crime can figure out the story that is based on sort of real life events, if you will, that the true crime that it's that it's connected to that the episode is connected to. Do you guys get excited about those moments, too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I mean, there's some that are so obvious, right? There's the episodes where you're like, this is Casey Anthony. This is Michael Jackson. Yeah. This is whatever. But like we've covered a lot that are like very kind of more specifically New York, like. I mm. like one we they they would do SVU episodes of crimes that had just happened while I was living in New York, like the Dominique Strauss Khan mm-hmm. case and like, yeah, all kinds of, you know, stuff that I would just read about in the free paper. And then I would yeah. be like, I would see the SVU, you know, a year later and be like, here we go. They're covering it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they do their little twists. Mm-hmm. They change it. No. Yeah. And for me, I would I didn't know about that. But whatever B.D. Wong said for me was fact. Mm. That was like a professor that was. I was checking into class and whatever he said, I was like, oh, wow. And I I take it as. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, B.D. Wong really is the anchor for so much of everything we've watched these past 30 years of television and film. If you think about it from Jurassic Park to SVU, I mean, this guy has done everything. And Oz, Oz too. You're right. Wow. So B.D. Wong's influence. He needs like a special Emmy or something. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. He got to bring his mom to the White House when we entered. That was like a moment that he loved doing. Bringing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some people? So the podcast, how did the podcast come about? And and if you could just like explain a little bit about the podcast. So the podcast, we recap an episode of SVU, then the true crime mm-hmm. it's based on. And then when we're not in a strike, we interview actors from the show. We've had a couple writers and showrunners. Kara and I met in a green room once and we connected over SVU. And then fast forward, what, eight years? I don't know how many years. (laughs) I was at Kara's house and she went, wait, do you want to do this podcast? I have a great idea. And I went, absolutely. Yeah, I was literally talking to like another comic and was talking to her being like, after a show at UCB here in LA and we were just getting a drink and with a bunch of people. And I was like, well, you know, I've seen every episode of SVU like 16 times. And she was like, you have, I go, yeah. She was like, that would be a great podcast. And I was like, huh. And then I just kind of like thought on it and was like, I love the true crime part of it too. And like at that point, true crime was like not done to death, but like it was so saturated. And I was like, what's another way like into like the fun of the true crime world that I like, but that also involves Mm -hmm. this other thing that I'm obsessed with. So what do you think it is about the because the SVU audience, I wouldn't say is necessarily a true crime audience. It's a it's a it's it's more nuanced than that, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah. so funny you should mention that, because right off the bat, our first premiere episode was about 
why am I uh, Leona Hemsley? And it was season 12 mm-hmm. bully. And I love a Leona Hemsley story. Oh my God. So great. And her and her little dog. Yes. And trouble. So her um, and Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani were involved in all of this in the eighties, like with the taxes and they were Trump and Leona Hemsley were rivals. And so because that was our first episode and we acknowledge the copaganda involved and like, you know, we try to focus on how SVU is different, but we have opinions And so right away, we got a lot of one star reviews. So immediately we got we filtered our audience out. So like really early on, we talk shit about the military. We talk shit on cops. And so I think a lot of the law and order fan base loves law and order. (laughs) They love cops and they love Trump. And so we got really lucky. All those people jumped ship immediately. And so what we were left with was murder girls. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mother, daughters, sisters, families. I mean, women um, do. A lot run... of, we've met a lot of boyfriends at our live shows that do fall asleep to SVU now because. Well, I mean, there are so many like true crime because, I mean, I've done my own sort of stuff with in the world of true crime. And one of the things that they always tell you in every pitch meeting and every board meeting and every th- meeting, they were like, women drive true crime. They are the listeners. They are the audience. They and they drive Internet stuff, too. They are the people who push these these stories and these episodes and these podcasts and it's it's interesting that like your audience sort of split in that way so quickly early on i mean carol what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say yeah it's really shocking that like a lot of what these reviews said was like i come here to relax i don't really want to talk about politics and it's like it's a show about the police it's a show about crimes against women it's a show against Mm -hmm. like you know things happening with like these are the people that are like child trafficking is the number one important issue but like we're not supposed to talk about that in a podcast that like is a show that covers that kind of thing so it's like the cognitive dissonance of half the people that watch the show is definitely real but i was happy that we were able to kind of like cut to like the people that it's a mainly female and gay male audience but we welcome many straight men that a few straight men that listen and anyone that Mm -hmm. wants to but you know i we we're not gonna we're not heavy. talk about politics <laughs> like yeah well and you also want to be i mean you're you know you aren't journalists you aren't people who are trying to report a, a right. fair and balanced story you're comedians who have a very clear take on opinions and stuff and it's like you want to be able to share those things in the space and also to the conversation around cops and injustice around women and sort of the abuse of women and right now and it, it, you know it's a big conversation you want to be able to Talk about those things. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, ugh, too much banter. And it's like, yeah, d- it's our show. <laughs> like the audacity to tell us not to have an opinion on our own show where they're like, just recap it and shut up. And it's like, <laughs> you do it. <laughs> like, fuck it's off. It's so funny. I love, I mean, I, you guys both know I, I host a Golden Girls podcast and it's a very, it's a very different audience than SVU. <laughs> but one of the things, one of the, my most fun reactions I think I ever get from that podcast, because people are, they're indebted to these shows that they love. I mean, whether it's SVU, Golden Girls, whatever it is, they love these shows and it becomes a part of their identity and kind of their life in a lot of ways. Like it's a huge part of their life. And if you don't participate in the love of that show in an equal measure to their love of that show, yeah. you are dead to them. Like there was a moment where I misquoted uh, B. Arthur Dorothy's line about I did time at Attica and I, I I like forgot the name of the prison or something. 
Oh my God, the onslaught of hate that I received for forgetting the name Attica was insane. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure you guys also experience this too. When people love the show so much and you you either share something incorrect or you do something or you're not as into something. Like, do people react yeah, as like, aggressively we're not as into Golden the, Girls people? There's a huge group of people on the internet that love the shipping of it. They love the Elliot and Olivia together or maybe they like oh. uh, like uh, Olivia with Barba or they, you know, and so they, and then Rollins and Carisi, you know, they love that shit. Like, we don't really care about that and we're yeah. kind of like, who care? And so they I would get say I'm mad. anti. Some, I would say yeah. I am anti Olivia and Elliot ever ending up together. Oh yeah, and people and I judge and I think I probably called them idiots. And they're like, you don't have to be so harsh. You know, yeah. <laughs> they were like, they hate shippers. It's like we don't hate shippers. We just really don't ship. And like that's just not that's just not going to be a thing we're going to be doing. Like God, countdown to when they kissed. You guys think it's going to happen? Like I. I put a video on our Instagram where I just said there was another recent episode where they almost had them kiss and they didn't. And I and I just did a video where I was like, guys, it's not going to happen. They're fucking with yeah. you like they are. The show is trolling you. And they were like, you're being mean. I was like, I'm really not. I'm pointing out the obvious. Well, and also, too, like uh, in my years of watching the show and I'll admit it, I've, I've watched, you know, a couple of years here, stopped for a little bit, came back, watched the reruns. Like I just kind of watch when I watch. But one of the things that like for me. I've never give. I've never cared about the romantic elements yeah. of this show. Or in, in the early years, they showed um, Maloney's family a lot and his wife and his daughters and like sort of that those dynamics. And thank God that died off because I don't care about these people's interests in life or personal things. I only care about their relationship with each other and the murders they're trying to solve. Yeah, but I, I care do about. kind of like what the trope of you know when one person takes the case a little too heavy to the heart and it's because they dated someone oh. with schizophrenia. You know, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do love um, Mariska Hartigay's, I can never say that. Uh, <laughs> that was her, really wild. I love when, thank, thank you, thank you. Um, when she, like, I mean, when because she, she's the one who's like personally affected by so many different cases and she does it so well. Like, talk about her a little bit and the fans' reactions to her because I'm 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 more of the Maloney years. So like yeah. how do fans react to it's her? It's really funny because people will write us and tell us they stopped watching after the Maloney years. And to me it's like so her show. Um maybe mm-hmm. just because I've kept watching another 13 seasons where it was really just like her carrying it. Um yeah. but she there's something about her man. Like she just yeah. I think also every we've interviewed Lisa what 150 actors or writers for that show and every single person pretty much is like she's an angel on this earth she's the most professional person to work with makes you feel so at home like she's number one on the call sheet she sets the tone blah 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 so Mm. and it's unprompted like we're not asking how was Benson like people are just she helped me get an agent she invited me to her holiday party she remembered me 14 years later I couldn't cry on set she gave me a speech I you know I was embarrassed I couldn't nail this and she said I can do it like everyone has kind of a story like that yeah, you know, I saw her on the Drew Barrymore show, I don't know, a while ago, and her and Drew are very close. And, and she talked about how she always 
wanted to have a talk show. And at the time, I thought, that's a horrible idea. You should not be hosting a talk show, honey. And now hearing what people say, maybe she should be hosting a talk show. Maybe she's a hidden Oprah and we didn't even know. Well, what I'm really upset about is she has been vocal. Like she wants to host SNL. She is known as funny. A lot of people say she's very funny, um, like socially and stuff and on sets. And so for me, fuck Fuck you, Lauren Michaels. Like, why? <laughs> and when it was like huge and he was coming back, they could have done it together. But like, she's an NBC icon. When you look at yeah. um, who watches TV and like the most expensive ads or whatever, it's NFL, other sports. And then it's SVU. Like more people watch SVU yeah. than fucking anything. Let us have her host. What do you how do you think? Like the show has been, how many seasons has the show been on? The, when the strike is over, it will be the 24th season or no, the 25th season. No, 24th, I think. Didn't we just finish 23? No, because coming up, it'll be the 25th like anniversary. Oh, wow. That is actually insane for a drama to be, even MASH wasn't on that long, I don't think. MASH was only on for like 10 years or something. Like for a drama to be on yeah. that long, like that is wild what do you think keeps people coming back it's the de- i always say it's the detectives what, what gets you hooked in it's the detectives it's the care it's i mean what we know is missing for us is the humor like of the earlier seasons the neil barriers um mm-hmm. there was a humor there was some dark jokes there was some lightness um throughout and now yeah. it's you know, it's not even the credits and there's a woman burning to death alive. It's just oh, like, yeah, the, oh my specifically God. the most recent season, season 24 was really dark. There was just like a lot of dark storylines and like we go back and it's like, of course, the show is dark, but they used to balance it with like Belzer and Ice tea and like yeah. and some yeah. of the celebrity actors. Yeah. And um, interesting. We don't have that. But I would say these people are sexy. The cases are compelling. They do bring like draw from real life, which is cool. A lot of twists, a lot of lessons. And the theory is women feel listened to and and, uh, safe. And it's a fantasy of justice that we don't see in the real world. So I think a lot of people like that the bad guys get in trouble or that the detectives, even if you don't want to press charges, they're going to press charges and they're going (laughs) to fucking fight for you no matter what. And that's not real. But I think it's a comfort for a lot of people that watch. Yeah, like nine out of 10 cases have like full resolution and it feels like there's more control in that than there is in the real world, especially in the justice system and crimes against women and children. So no. Yeah, I mean, in just crimes against minorities and marginalized yeah. people in general, there's usually not justice. So, yeah, that definitely pro- I could see that being a, comfort. you know, they're going well, to Prague Yeah, you know, they'll take a flight. They <laughs> they're they're going to they did send the Elliot to Prague. Yeah, <laughs> they just go above and, you, and beyond and it feels nice. But I also think she is beautiful. The mm-hmm. the fashion is incredible, but like, she, I mean, the faces she makes the tears it's really it's jane really mansfield great. i mean she's the she's the spawn of jane mansfield yeah of course she's beautiful i mean you can't get better than that you know no, she's mm. stunning I mean, I guess I and the lawyers the language it's just like fucking fun but not but yeah. serious well so i need to <laughs> wait but we're talking about the my- fucking did you love dean winters Please. from oz uh, y- yes, I did. So, like, the er- the first season, there is, like, footage, you know, of Benson and Dean Winters yeah. in bed together. And that, I, mm-hmm. that was fun. Yeah. 
No, trust me. I, I, there, I, had a, I had a TBT moment going back to watch some of those moments. So yes, <laughs> definitely. I do need to ask you my favorite thing, and they don't do it as much anymore, I don't think, but my favorite thing about the show is the guest stars, the famous guest stars. Now, I have mine... I have one in mind right now. And those, I have a list. Like, I love Should what Angela Lansbury did. Oh, okay. Did. I was about to say Carol Burnett. <laughs> I, 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 well, I don't want to say the obvious ones. Like, Carol Burnett and Angela Lansbury, I loved. And I loved the, the, the sort of hidden, before they were famous, Sarah Paulson, Bradley Cooper ones. Like, those are cute, too. But my ultimate guest star, and I don't know why, because I think in real life she's probably unhinged and crazy. But on the show, I was like, you are everything. Queen, Marsha Gay Oh, baby. Our first oh. our first heavy hitting celebrity guest we had on our podcast. She is I met her once at DragCon and she is the nicest, most intense person I've ever met. And I love it. Well, yeah, she She's loves great. Katya. She told yeah, oh, a she big Katya story when uh, she came on. No, that episode two is amazing. So Raw mm-hmm. is, you know, underground Nazis. We have FBI infiltration. We have a kid saying the N-word to Ice-T's face. Um, oh, my God. We have shocks, twists like that. And that it's still relevant today. You can watch that episode today and think it was written yesterday. Like, it is yeah. sadly relevant. But... One of my top five, I would say, are top 10 episodes. Interesting. Well, so who are your go-to famous guest stars? Like, who do you think back on and go, yes, that was the moment? Well, I think a lot of people, like, love the Cynthia Nixon episode. I mean, Mm. where she plays a character with multiple Mm. personalities. Um, I think the Robin Williams, the Hilary Duff. uh, These are all (laughs) canon celebrity guest episodes. Lisa, do you have more? Well, you know... My top episode is Ari Grainer, but this was when she was young and now she is, um, wor- you know, just a working actress. Like, I don't know if people <laughs> might not even recognize her, but she like killed it. Um, I remember, oh my God, this is so hard now. It's like, I know it all. And then in this moment, I'm falling apart. But Bob Saget <laughs> comes to mind as oh, uh, yeah, Henry Bob. Winkler. That's really fun. Um, yeah. I love when the show takes people that you don't think of doing drama. No, I take it back. Way. I take it back. Oh, and they, I yeah. have one. It's the Martin Short. Yeah. Who is it? Martin Short. Yeah. Oh, Martin Short. Huge. Yeah. There's one look he makes once he's like found out. Like they know he's it's him. It's just like yeah. this one look, and I'm like, you're 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 so good. I don't know. I read an article or an, I saw him in an interview once, and you don't think of him as serious really ever. And he's Martin Short. I mean, he's the man of a million faces. Like he's, you just don't think of him as serious. And then he was talking about his wife who he was married to for like 50 years. And she died a couple of years ago. And the way, I mean, he was talking about her was just the sweetest. Like, I was just like, oh my God, the tears of a clown. Stop (laughs) it. You're killing me. Like Martin Short is so good. But we obviously... And it's like, I, I, I wonder if there was imp- like he got to improvise because he's so funny, but he plays Sebastian Ballantyne, a um, a psychic medium type person who is obsessed with raping virgins. It's like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a lot. Kara, what were you going to say? No, I was just getting like, that is truly well. We, we both love, obviously, the comics that come on. Like Margaret yeah. Cho has played a villain. Yeah. Robin yeah. Williams, as we said, Martin Short, Saget. Who else? There's like I love when when it's like comedy people that that's like the last thing you'd expect for them. Like Jane Krakowski, yeah. like the, you know. I think it's it's I a was fun way for, for like Lily, actors I don't to think, stretch. 
I don't think Lily Tomlin did this, but she did regular long. Oh, she did. No, she's never done SVU. I even think she won an Emmy for regular Law and Order wow. as well. It was like a big, it was a big deal. She was very serious. And that was a, a highlight of my, the only highlight I have from the original Law and Order. <laughs> um, my last question for both of you, and it's, it's, it's something that I think about often with your podcast, because I'm a fan. <laughs> Who is your bucket list guest to have on the show? Um, so obviously, you know, you know, it's going to be ice, anyone in the cast that we haven't gotten yet. Of course, I, you know, I see Maloney, Mariska, but outside of that, I would say Ludacris is very high on the list. That is number one. We need Ludacris. We want Ludacris. And my number two is Joan Cusack. A lot of times at our live shows, we just ask people, if you happen to know Ludacris or Joan Cusack personally, just please see us after the show. Um, so yeah, if anybody listening to this, I, you know, Ludacris or Joan Cusack, we're really fun. We just want to talk for a half hour over Zoom. You know, let's well, make it happen. let me tell you, I can I can I can guarantee you that you should get Joan Cusack because I'll share a story with you. I was working. I was in Chicago in school and I was working at a movie theater and Joan Cusack, who lives in Chicago, came to see a movie with her kids. And we gave like whenever celebrities come, it's like you're just like, oh, yeah, it's comped, whatever. Yeah. And she was like, no, I have money. Let me pay. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I had pink hair at that time. And. I was in the back at like after everything was closed and I came back from cleaning in the back and someone was like, oh, yeah, someone left a, a envelope for you. And so I went to get it and it was from Joan and it was a tip. Oh. She gave me a tip and it was to the it was to the guy with pink hair and it was a very large tip. And I was just like, how classy is Joan Cusack? How classy so is nice. Joan? So I'm saying that to say. Let's putting it out into the world, manifesting that Joan Cusack must do. Yes, come to our podcast. podcast. After the strike is over, of course, we would never ask you to break any rules. Um, But yeah, we would love because she's in this like iconic episode where and actually the girl who plays her daughter in the episode is like a social media star now as well and an actor uh, too. But like uh, we want we want what, what was her episode? I don't remember her episode. She has a daughter who she has lost a daughter and so now she has an adopted daughter. And because the first daughter went missing and was never found, she's so paranoid about her that she's microchipped her daughter. She's <gasps> like locks her in her room. Like it's very paranoid about keeping her safe because she has had this previous Just like in the ice princess when she played the mom of the, 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 the princess skater person. And at the beginning, one of my favorite things to do is just to point to a book and say math. Because at the beginning of the movie, that's what she does. She just goes, math, to the girls. Just get off the ice and come do math, you know? She's a great mom. Very, very overprotective, though. She would definitely chip her daughter in that movie as well. Oh, yeah, but also, like, made this adopted foster kid get plastic surgery to look more like her missing daughter. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's that's a big detail. That's so I forgot. good. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, I have to watch that. But I would now. also say um, Hillary Duff is really high up there for us. You know, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. I think Cynthia Nixon is huge. And then yeah. this is not Ebon from. Is that how you say it? The guy from oh. the bear. Like, he's not even a big part in this view, but I want I want him because I just rewatched <laughs> girls and he is so good. So I would love that. So where can people find the podcast and follow both of you on the social medias? We are wherever you get podcasts. Um, Our new episodes come out every Tuesday. We're on the Exactly Right Network and it's called That's Messed Up and SVU Podcast. So you can just type those little wordies right into your Apple or Spotify or whatever. And then we're That's Messed Up Pod on Instagram, Messed Up Pod on X, Twitter. What? Don't even follow us there. We're getting off soon. Um, And then I'm just (laughs) at Kara Clank. Um, and then I'm at Glitter Cheese, and we are going on tour. So if you'd like to see that's messed up, 
live, we do episodes not based on crimes, just fan favorite episodes. Um, and we have PowerPoints and we recap just more light episodes. You're not coming for tragedy to the live shows. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. So no if you're crime. hearing us here and you just want to give us a shot, come see if we're coming to a city near you at, on our little tour this fall. Yeah, we're doing the Wilbur. It's fucking giant. So let's (laughs) let's try to get this going. Great. Well, thank you both so much for doing this. Thank you for having us. This was really fun. Thank you. Do you feel the same way about Christopher Maloney as we do? Because we really want to know. I mean, I want to know. Please do let me know. And let me know what you thought of today's episode. You can follow me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you leave a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this right now. It really does help. And you know what to do. Subscribe to my newsletter. It's great. It's called For the Culture. You can do that at Newsweek.com. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. 